Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. Welcome to Heritage Bible Radio, where this week we return to our current study through the book of Mark. Due to COVID-19, we've been playing past episodes for you for a few weeks, but today we jump right back into Mark chapter 7 at verse 31. If you wanted to gather a crowd and assure that people would hear what you had to say, here's an idea you can borrow from Jesus. Perform some genuine miracles, like healing instantly, maladies that modern medicine can't touch. And if you really want people to hang around for a while, try producing thousands of meals out of nothing. Well, admittedly, as effective as they are, you probably can't borrow those ideas from Jesus. Well, here, again, Jesus performs more miracles as he preaches the gospel of the kingdom of God. Here is today's slice of the message entitled, Miracle Hearing, Speaking, and Eating. Jesus was commanding his ears to be opened to hear and his mouth to be opened to speak. And like all miracles, it was instantaneous and it was complete. Who knows? I think maybe the guy even heard the last two syllables of ephaphtha. Just instantly opened his ears and he understood. Look at verse 35. And his ears were opened and the impediment of his tongue was removed and he began speaking plainly. What an astounding thing that is. I mean, we've already seen somebody who's lame get up, take up their bed, and walk. You know, it's, it's astounding. It, it, it's amazing. The, the paralyzed, given mobility, the, all these things that he'd done. But in an instant, this guy could hear and understand. There was no learning curve. He began speaking plainly. There was no speech therapy. There was no baby talk at first. This was an instant physiological change, and it included installing into his brain a complete vocabulary and understanding of syntax. Most people today don't have that. So we know from that description that he immediately spoke King James English, but being around Jesus, he quickly learned Aramaic and Greek. That was supposed to amuse you. Um, There is actually a story told of a man who uh, came up to the pastor after a service one day, and he said, Pastor, would you please pray for my hearing? Well, the preacher thought of this passage, said, sure. So he put his finger into the man's ears. He prayed a fervent prayer. He pulled his fingers out and he said, amen. And he said, how's your hearing? He said it in a real quiet tone to test and see if his prayer was effective. And the man answered, thank you for praying, pastor, but I don't know yet. My hearing is Tuesday afternoon. (laughs) So sometimes you can apply the text and not quite hit a home run. 
Then comes a verse here that might baffle you at first. Matthew 7, 36. And he gave them orders not to tell anyone. Notice he gave them orders. So that tells you, yes, this was very personal with this man, but everybody around saw it and heard it. He gave them orders not to tell anyone. But the more he ordered them, the more widely they continued to proclaim it. Now, you've got to wonder, why would Jesus say that? He has done something <coughs> quite dramatic and bold by taking his ministry across the borders of Israel. He's crossed ethnic and social boundaries. Why would he try to slow the spread of the news? Well, I think the best answer is that it's a matter of timing. We saw him do that early in his great Galilean ministry. Uh, Now he's saying the same thing among the Gentiles. You see, he wanted to make sure that it wasn't just the message about these spectacular miracles. He wants them to have the, the whole message, and they didn't have the complete story yet. It's more than miracles, more than deliverance from, uh, from demons. We're going to see as he's training his men, he's going to tell them, guys, listen, listen, I have to go to Jerusalem. I have to be uh, betrayed, delivered over, uh, crucified, and rise again. And then I'll send you the Holy Spirit. Then you're going to the ends of the earth. So just as Jesus didn't seek crowds for the wrong reasons when he was among the Jews in Galilee, he's also doing the same thing in Decapolis. Now I have to say, if ever there was a command from Jesus that was disobeyed, and we can understand why it was disobeyed, this has to be it. This guy had wanted to speak for years, and he was unable. Now, He's able to speak, and Jesus tells him and his friends, don't talk about it. So what's a, what's a guy to do? I, I think we've got to cut him a little slack here. Um, we understand what Jesus meant, but this guy had gone from unable to speak to unable not to speak. What a glorious thing. Now there's one more gem I want you to see before we move on to the second event for today. Mark seven thirty seven. They were utterly astonished, saying, He has done all things well. He makes even the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. Now, one interesting little tidbit is what's translated utterly astonished is a combination of two Greek words that together mean they were super abundantly struck with amazement. It was a mind-blowing miracle. Now, I think any miracle like that would be mind-blowing, but this one was over the top. Now, that's exciting, but that's not the gem. The gem is in a word that Mark used, and you can't tell it in your Bible, but I want to explain it to you. Back in verse 32, Mark used a Greek word to describe this man's speaking difficulty. There's a similar word, but a little bit different, that's used all the other times in the New Testament to describe um, a speaking difficulty or being mute. But this one, is occur- this one occurs only once, and it's in Mark seven thirty-two. I think Mark intentionally 
used that word in order to make this very subtle connection. Uh, the word, which happens to be mogilalos, occurs only once in the New Testament, Mark 7.32, and it occurs only once in the Septuagint. Septuagint is that Greek translation of the Old Testament. Mark, remember, is writing primarily for a Roman Gentile audience. If they were to look up something in the Scriptures, they would use the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament. And they would find, if they looked diligently, the one place that that word is used. It's a passage about the glories of the millennial kingdom. Isaiah chapter 35 in verses 5 and 6 says this, and you can trust me, go study Bruce Smith's notes on the book of Isaiah from our class there. You'll, you'll realize this is about the kingdom. It says, Then the eyes of the blind will be opened, and the ears of the deaf will be unstopped. Then the lame will leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mogilalas, the mute, will shout for joy. That same rare word that the New American Standard Bible translates mute in Isaiah 35, 6 is the word that Mark used for this guy in Mark 7, 32. So here's this gem. What a spectacular connection. That was no accident. I believe Mark was guided by the Holy Spirit to use that very same word so it would be yet another way to reinforce that Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Now there's another aspect of this, Jim, and it tells you maybe why some of these people might have grabbed their Septuagint and looked at something. Because look how it describes the response of this crowd. It's not in Mark, it's in Matthew. Matthew's version of this, verse 31, he wraps it up with this. So the crowd marveled. They were astoundingly super hyper impressed with um, joy and, and uh, rejoicing over this. The crowd marveled as they saw the mute speaking, the crippled restored, and the lame walking, and the blind seeing. Look at this. And they glorified the God of Israel. They were all from a culture full of false gods. Now, this miracle is similar to many others, but it's significant for its personal nature. It stands out from the rest of them, but also that it was in Gentile territory healing a Gentile man. How cool of Mark to make the connection to the prophecy of the the king who is going to bring the kingdom to earth and to point out they turned and glorified the God of Israel. That is wonderful. Now let's forge ahead. Let's see another case of a miracle version 2.0 like we've seen one before. Miracle number one, be opened. Miracle number two, sit and eat. And we're going to roll right over into Mark chapter 8. I think the chapter break between Mark 7 and Mark 8 is, is one of those that is probably established just to keep chapters from being 
inconveniently long, and it is the end of one incident, the beginning of another one, but it's the same general time. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.